0: Well, good morning, Three Circle Church. Everyone that's tuning in online, thank you for hopping on. Go ahead and hit that like button. Let us know that you are viewing right now. Everyone at Robertsdale, welcome. Uh, We're so glad that you're here to worship with us today. And if everyone can't already tell, I am not Chris Bell. Uh, my name is Jordan Thrash. I'm your Young Adults and Connections pastor uh, here at Three Circle Church, and it is an honor for me to be with you uh, really at the start of the new year this morning. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about this, but you know, before I get too into it, I figured, let me tell you a little bit about me that way we can kind of develop somewhat of a connection, then you'll laugh at my jokes, things like that, right? Uh, so I'm originally from New Orleans. I moved to the Mobile area about 10 years ago. Uh, I came here to go to the University of Mobile, which I actually teach at now. I'm one of their adjunct instructors for the Center for Christian Calling. And while I was at UM, two amazing things happened. The first thing that happened was I got plugged in here at Three Circle Church. Uh, and I absolutely love it. I've been on staff here at Three Circle Church for seven years now. Uh, For the first five of those years, I was the uh, Daphne student pastor, and now I'm kind of global, I'm everywhere, uh, and so that's been a ton of fun, but you know, the best thing, the most important thing that happened while I was at the University of Mobile is I met my wife, Angel. Now, many of you probably know Angel. She's one of our worship leaders here at the church. She's also the director of Three Circle Music. She didn't ask me to do this, but a quick little plug. If you've not checked out Three Circle Music, you can find us everywhere that music is streamed, right? Uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, but whatever. Uh, So, you know, that's who she is. And here's a cute picture of us. You guys can actually kind of check us out, see what we're about. There we are. Um, we actually have a new addition to our family as well. Her name is Rowan. She's three months old. Uh, and then there's Echo. That's our Belgian Malinois. So we've been married for about five years now. Uh, and really, she's the real reason I have a job here. Uh, they, they hired her. And we told them that we were a package deal and they fell for it, right? And so I've been happy to to just be here with her ever since. Um, but besides that, we gotta get to teaching. We don't have a ton of time this morning. And man, it's a big morning. Like it's the start of the new year. Like that's a lot of responsibility. Pastor Chris actually made sure I knew that that was a, a little bit of a responsibility. He pulled me aside after the Christmas gathering. He's like, hey, bud, you know, with that amazing, you know, country accent he's got, he's like the, the anyway, so he, he, he throws out, hey bud, come here real quick, he's like, hey, we did a great job. We did a great job setting Christmas up. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it was awesome. He goes, and now you're gonna be setting us up in the new year. You're gonna set the trajectory for 2023 here at Three Circle Church. I said, yes, sir. He goes, don't mess that up. And I said, okay, yeah, of course not. And I I walked off, you know, thinking to myself, goodness gracious, why did he have to say that, right? Uh, So with that in mind, if if this morning's okay, shoot him an email. You know, Chris at Three Circle Church, let him know the trajectory is fine. If you have, have not negative, but if you have some feedback, you can still email him just to be, be fair, just know that that email address, Chris, is spelled J O U R D A I N at threecirclechurch.com. Um, so besides all of that, you know, 2022 is over, we were excited to be here, and 2022 was a wild year, right? Like, there's some crazy stuff that happened. China, Russia, North Korea created their own Legion of Doom, uh, so that's a little scary, right? Uh, someone got too fresh with the Fresh Prince at the beginning of the year and got slapped on national TV. Uh, that was that was good. Um, let's see, what, what else is happening? Oh, COVID, COVID came back with Omicron, which sounds like one of the bad guys from Transformers. That hit our family really hard, actually. Angela and I got really sick from that one. Uh, the economy, the economy, you know, that, that's been going great, right? Get this, you can now feed a family of two for the price of a family of four, right? Uh, that's the sale you really want uh, this time of year. So it's, it's been a wild year, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, okay? Like, there were good things that happened. I mean, I had a daughter this year, and with the exception of 2 a.m., when she... She's screaming, she's great, right? So good stuff happened, but if we were honest, like if we look at the last three years, since 2020, it's like someone turned the difficulty knob up one and just kind of stood back and was like, let's see what happens. And so with this being the case, and maybe it's just me, but when New Year's roll around, like I look forward to the next year being better. Not just like on a global scale, but just in my personal life. Like it's like hitting that refresh button. Anyone else ever done that? Anyone anyone, uh, setting some resolutions this year, right? Maybe set resolutions before anyone saying like I'm going to read the whole Bible this year and actually finish it this time. Yeah. Um, what about maybe this year I'm going to start doing this, or this year you'll say like I'm going to stop doing that. Maybe this year you know I'm going to get all of our finances worked. Whatever it is, you start you start setting these goals for a new year. I've done that, um, but you know another thing I've done is I've I've kind of gotten caught in a cycle. Because when I do that at the beginning of the year, I set these resolutions, I set these goals, I set these things for myself and for my family, what will happen is a month in, they start getting hard, two months, three months in, I eventually fail. I mess up and I say, you know what, well next year's my year. Next year I'm gonna try harder. Next year I'm going to do this. Next year I'm going to do more. Next year I'm gonna get it right. The next year comes and I do it and I fail. And year after year I'm just like, I keep looking to the next thing, the next year, and it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting. It seems like I just can't live up to me. Maybe that's just me, but I've been caught in that cycle. And so what if today I came in here and said, hey, you don't have to waste your time making resolutions, trying uh, to, to make these changes only to fail. You don't have to waste your time wishing things would go back to the way they were in 2019, that today we can actually course, correct. We can find some consistency in a world that seems doesn't have any consistency over the last few years. Um, we can find a way for 2023 to be different. And that's by stop, stop focusing on a world that's ever changing or always crazy or moving closer to the end to stop focusing on what we need to change about ourselves or the next thing that you have to do or the next thing that you have to buy and instead to look to the one thing that we know is constant. So to put our hope in the one thing that we know won't fail us or let us down. Now, you're at a church on uh, New Year's Day, so I probably imagine you know where I'm going with this. But instead of grabbing a hold of the cliche sayings like New Year, New Me, grab a hold of the fact that, yes, we are in a new year, but we have the same Jesus. And we need to proclaim the fact that Jesus is the same. We need to understand that he is the only hope we have for 2023, and the reason we have that hope, the reason he can make the difference, is because in a world that is ever-changing and inconsistent, Jesus is the only thing that's consistent. The author of Hebrews, in Hebrews 13:8 he tells us, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just sung that song, it was beautiful. That's one of those pocket verses. You you throw it out. You may not really know what it means. You don't know the context, but it sounds good. It helps you through rough times. But if we're gonna preach about it today, we do need to apply some context to this verse. See, we find it in the book of Hebrews. And this is an epistle that focuses on the Christian community in Jerusalem. So this was a letter written to the Christian church in Jerusalem. The purpose of the letter, their faith was faltering due to outside teachings. And culture that while at one point this church had grabbed a hold of, had proclaimed the gospel, right, that Jesus was Lord and Savior, they were starting to lose their focus. Why? Well, because the culture they lived in stood completely opposed to the truth of the gospel. Jerusalem was a Jewish culture. They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They did not believe that Jesus was the Savior. In fact, the, the culture that they lived in lived under the pressure of a law that could not perfectly be followed, that no matter what the Jewish community could do, they could not meet the law. They would always fall short, no matter how hard they tried and how hard they worked at it. At the end of the year, when they couldn't get it right, they would make a sacrifice, and then they would say, next year's gonna be the year. Next year, we'll get it right. And while the church knew that Jesus died for their sin, that Jesus had fulfilled the law, they began to falter in their faith because they started setting their eyes on the culture. And you're thinking, why would the church do that? Why would the church want to do the extra work? Well, because the culture was enticing. It was enticing because it invited them to be a part of their own salvation. They could still believe in God, They can still be as religious as they wanted to be, but now they were the masters of their own faith. They were the ones that were in charge of making the corrections. They were the ones in charge of setting the routines, providing the solutions for their own sins. And when they couldn't get it right because there's no way they were going to, at the end of the year, they would just ask for forgiveness. They would set a new resolution on how they were gonna do it better, and then they would try again the next year. Now, let's be honest, that... That to me, that that sounds a little familiar, right? That while this book was written to a church 2,000 years ago, while the prevailing culture is different today, it seems like we may get caught up in that same problem that we find ourselves believing in the gospel, but then we want to see how we can still be a part of the solution. What can we still do to make it right? And then we exhaust ourselves when we can't live up to it, setting new goals and telling ourselves that it's gonna be better next year. We look to the culture for answers, for hopes, for purpose. Maybe if I start doing this, maybe if I refinance my home, maybe if I invest here, maybe if I stop losing that, maybe if I lose 15, whatever it is, we look to the culture, we look to other things for hope, thinking if I can do this, things will be better. And just like the church of Hebrews, we're losing focus. We're losing focus. And this is why the book of Hebrews was written, to remind them, to remind us who Christ is and what it means for Jesus to be our foundation. This is why he assures them that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is an assurance that we need to grab a hold of in 2023. Because while the culture has changed a ton over the last 2,000 years, Jesus hasn't changed a bit. If we want this year to be any different, it's only going to happen if we grasp the truth that Jesus, not culture, must be our foundation. Jesus, not culture, must be our foundation. This is a book, or this is a truth that the entire book of Hebrews points to. Look, Hebrews is phenomenal. And I can go on a whole tangent. If you were in our theology class or you know, if you came and saw me at the University of Mobile teaching a class, I can say all these big words like Christology and tell you that Hebrews is this beautiful book that just paints this picture of who Jesus is and, and what it means to believe in him. But if we were just to pick up the Bible and just read it as like normal people, right? We would see that Hebrews points exactly at why we can trust Jesus. It just points to why we can trust Jesus. And so let's take a look at the book today. Let's see how the author explains that. First, he says that Jesus is the same yesterday. Jesus is the same yesterday. Now, maybe you can finish the statement. If I said the best predictor of future behavior is what? Past behavior, right? History shows reliability. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I know this is shocking because we're in Southern Alabama. I'm not a sports fan. I don't know anything about sports. If you come and talk to me about sports, I'm gonna smile and do this and be like, yeah. For sure. I didn't watch a bowl game. I, 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 don't even, I don't even know the terminology. Like people will talk to me about baseball and I'll, I'll, they'll say something to me, wait, wasn't that football? So anyway, I know nothing about sports, right? But if I was to get into sports, I would want to win. I would wanna pick a team that, that, that wins, because I love winning. Anyone else love winning, ma'am? Yeah. So what I would do is I would look at the team. I would look at their record. I would look at the coach. I would see which coach has done the job the longest and the most reliably, and I would pick a team based on their record of wins. Because history shows reliability. It just makes sense. And so the first thing that the author of the book of Hebrews says, and when I say first thing, this is verse, this is book one, chapter one, verse one, right? He says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by the son. So before we go further, what you need to understand is he's connecting the Old Testament and New Testament. He's saying those things are inseparable. In a Jewish culture that relies on the Old Testament, he's saying, hey, God used to speak to us this way, but now he's speaking to us this way through the son. He says, he has spoken to us through the son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he created the world. Out the gate, he credits Christ with not just being there at the time of creation, but being the architect and the author of creation. He is setting up the truth that Jesus has a history of being reliable. And then he continues, right? He says uh, in Hebrews nine fifteen, therefore he, this is Jesus we're talking about, is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who were called may receive the promised eternal uh, inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. In plain way of saying this, that because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, we're no longer convicted of the laws that we had broken. We're no longer convicted of our prior sins. He has fulfilled them. He has fulfilled the law and we are now redeemed through his blood, having inherited eternity and eliminating the need for any future sacrifice. So again, he's like calling the culture out. He's telling them the culture is not answering the question you're asking. Only Jesus can do that. And we know he can do that because he has always done that, this tells us and helps us understand so that we know Jesus will do what he says he will do. Jesus will do what he says he'll do. The author is wanting the church to know that the work is already done, they don't have to continue exhausting themselves trying to get it right. And this is good news, this is good news because when you look at the past based on the perspective of the world, all you will see is change and inconsistency and chaos. I mean, think about it. Look at the last 2,000 years of history, war and the rising and falling of nations. This country was not America 300 years ago. 500 years before that, it wasn't England, right? If you look at the past, all you will see is inconsistency if you look at it through the perspective of the world. But if you look at the past through the perspective of Jesus, you will see that you have a savior who was there when time began, who loved you then, who loves you now, and died for that love. That is, is good news. That is assurance that he's going to be who he says he is. Next, the author assures us that Jesus is the same today. Jesus is the same today. Why is that important to us? Well, we need to know that he is who he says he is. We need to know that we can look at the past and see who he was, but we need to know that now, today, he's that same individual, right? That the Jesus of scripture of 2,000 years ago is still the same Today, and this is what the author tells us in Hebrews 4 14 and 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Again, he's just hitting on this, right? He wants us to know who Jesus is. Let us hold fast our confession. Let's remember what we proclaimed. Let's remember that we accepted him as Savior. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What we see here is that Jesus' character hasn't changed because even though this is after the, uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension, even though this is after it, he is saying that Jesus is still acting as high priest today, that he is still the person who is mediating between us and God, and that we can go to him because he can sympathize with what we've gone through. This means that the Jesus you see in the gospels who cleansed the leopard, who stilled the storms, who fed the hungry, who spoke forgiveness over sinners, who literally rose the dead, is the same Lord and Savior that you serve right now. He has not changed. He is no different. That today, while we are working through our lives, that while we are dealing with hardships, and troubles, while we are facing temptations, while we are exhausted from trying and trying again to get it right, we have a savior who can still sympathize with us. This is a reminder that we don't need to try harder next time, that instead we can just bring our troubles to the feet of Jesus. We can trust knowing that Jesus meets us right where we are. He sees the struggles, he sees the hurt, He sees the weakness, he sees the effort that you're putting into it, and he's there for it. And we can have comfort in knowing that our Savior is alive and active today, that he is for us. That the problems you're dealing with today, he cares about them now, and you can lay them at his feet now. Finally, we see that Jesus is the same forever. Now this gives us hope for a future, that he is ultimately in control and that we do not have to fear it. As believers, our future is immovable. It's immovable, it cannot be shaken. That's what the author tells us in Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for God is a consuming fire. Y'all, if the last few years have taught us anything, it's that everything that we can put our hope in will fail. You wanna put your hope in the economy? It'll fail. You wanna put your hope in politics? It'll let you down. You wanna put your hope in your job? There's probably not gonna be security there. You wanna put your hope in your own mobility, your own ability to just travel? Guys, the last few years have showed us through turmoil across the entire globe, how easily these things can fall apart. But we learn when we look to Jesus, putting our hope in him, we're looking at a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A kingdom that cannot fail, that will always be there. We need to grab a hold of the fact that if we focus on Jesus and the kingdom of God, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the midst of everything changing around us, we stand in a confident, firm foundation that is Jesus, an unwavering and unchanging, He stays the same. So, what does this mean for the church of Jerusalem? What does this mean for us today? January 1, 2023. Well, to me, it means that we need to take a step back and look in the mirror and ask a serious question about our faith. We don't need to ask the question, Are we saved? No, if you've put your trust in Jesus, you have assurance in your salvation. I'm not asking you to ask the question, Do I even believe in Jesus? No, these aren't the questions the author of Hebrews is addressing. No, I think the question that we need to ask today as we start a new year is Where are we building our foundation? Is our foundation Jesus Christ? Is he the one that we're building our lives on? If it is Jesus, that's great. Are you putting all of your hope, all of your trust, and all of your faith in him? Are you allowing him to be the only one that you look to for guidance, for direction, and for help? Man, if so, that's awesome. But maybe you're here today, maybe you've lost focus. Maybe you've started looking at the world and the culture around you to fix things that really Jesus should be taking care of. Maybe you've convinced yourself that, well, this is too small for him. I can do this one on my own. Maybe you've fallen into the trap that you're the one that needs to find the way out of the situation, even though you're really the reason you're in it to begin with. Right? One of the best things someone ever told me is, I can't help myself out of the hole that I threw myself in. Maybe you've convinced yourself that if you try harder, things will get better next year, even though you told yourself that last year and the year before, and at this point, you're exhausted. Maybe you've tried making the situation better by throwing money or influence at it just to feel as hollow as before. Maybe you've put Jesus in a box and you're wearing the Christian label, but you're not allowing him to be the savior, the comforter, and the confidant that he really wants to be. I mean, if I was honest with you, I can say I've been guilty of that. I mean, heck, I can tell you right now three things that God pointed out to me as I was writing this sermon that I needed to hand over to him in 2023. But here's the thing, I wanna wanna tell you guys a secret, right? That's normal, that's normal. If it wasn't normal, the book of Hebrews wouldn't exist. Most of the New Testament is God speaking through the apostles to the church, telling them, hey, you remember that time you, you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Remember when you said that, you know, you wanted to follow him, that you were gonna live your life for him? Well, you're kind of messing that up right now. You've made a few mistakes, so maybe we can correct it. That's most of the New Testament. And so today, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know what, Pastor Jordan, I might have lost focus. Take heart. That simply means you're human. And if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that means that you have a loving and caring God who will give you grace and mercy, who is ready for you to come home. That is what is being offered to the church of Jerusalem. And that's what is being offered to us to refocus and to change our perspective to Jesus. So the final question here, how do we respond? Well, first we let this letter do what it was meant to do. We let it remind us that no matter what the world has to offer, Jesus is a firm foundation that we can trust and rely upon. That through him, we were all created. That through him, as believers, we are saved. That through him, we have an advocate. That through him, we will have an assurance for the future. Now, if you're here today and that's something you want and you're thinking, man, I've never heard that before, I've never grasped that before, then let me urge you right now, put your trust in Jesus. The only way your year, the only way your life, your eternity will be any different is if you put your trust in Jesus. And that's so easy to do. Romans ten nine tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. No special prayer, no chant, no song to sing. To confess with your mouth that he's Lord to believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead. You can do that right here, right now. If you're tired of the way things have been and you've never done that, I urge you, let 2023 be the year you put your trust in Jesus. Now, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, Jordan, I've put my trust in Jesus, but I am tired. I'm exhausted because I have been trying. And yeah, I have lost focus. What do I do? Well, I invite you to let go of the responsibility that you've given yourself to fix what only he can fix. Just let go of it. Stop telling yourself that you have to do this or do that. And if you make this change, your life will be different. No, understand that the only one who can do it is Jesus. He's promised it. His reputation has showed us that and he is there today telling you, if you put your trust in him, you can release it and have him for eternity. Stop telling yourself that this year will be different if only you do more or try harder or buy the next big thing. Stop putting your hope in the temporary and the inconsistent. Get out of the exhausting cycle that you're in and start the year off today, right here, right now, by refocusing on Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come and to worship you. Lord, I pray today that as we start the new year that we're honest with ourselves and where we are. That we're honest with ourselves, that we can look. We can ask the question, what am I building my foundation on? And if it's not you, Lord, then I pray today decisions are made. I pray today that people return home. I pray today that we can grab a hold of your truth that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and know that we no longer have to be exhausted chasing something that can never be achieved, and instead grab a hold of something that was already achieved on the cross 2,000 years ago. So God, I pray that that is our look, and that is our hope for this new year. Lord, I thank you, and I pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.